All right. Episode one. Episode one. Here we are. Welcome to Podcast Two, the podcast, the only podcast where, no, Podcast Two, the sequel, the only podcast where we, uh, what do we do? I want to see where you go with this. Uh, welcome to Podcast Two, the sequel, um, hosted by two good friends. I'm Sam. I'm Max. And we're two filmmakers who love sequels, but sometimes hate sequels, depending on if they're good or bad. And today we're going to be exploring Spider-Man. I think we 4. generally hate the sequels that are bad. We generally hate the sequels. I think I, that we like are... the sequels that are good. What do you what do you mean? We, do, I, I, we don't. Well, I like some bad sequels. Like uh I like uh Attack of the Clones, bad sequel, but it was a bad sequel. You original, like that? So. Uh, we'll probably talk I about it. I like the fight point. at the end. <sighs> um, um but not only are we talking about what makes sequels work, what makes them not work, we're talking. We're trying to literally write sequels that work on this podcast. You know, we're trying to break stories. We're trying to head into these scripts as if we were actually hired by the studio to try to figure out what kind of story actually builds off of what happened. This will be a sloppy, difficult strange podcast that isn't necessarily as straightforward as some because we're going to try to do parts of the writing process live we're going to try to talk about the way that ideas bounce off of each other because this is something that we literally do together all the time with our own projects and now like kids that love the spider-man action figures we're going to play with these characters we love so much in the same way and uh hopefully people enjoy going on that ride you dear reader like a deer eater you're gonna learn how the sausage gets made. It's, um, today we're talking about the Spider-Man franchise. The whip, the whip, the whip. This was a uh, a very big franchise, at least to me. Um, I wasn't really into the superhero thing prior to this. This got me into it. This got me to read comics for the first time when I did. Um, this got me into the movies in general. I think... Um, yeah, loved Spider-Man 2, loved Spider-Man 1. Spider-Man 3 was like my first introduction to disappointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. That was one of the first movies I went to see in the theater, and I remember coming out of it and being like, there were flaws. And I remember being in the car with my friend Juna and uh, a couple, uh, my brother and Juna's brother, and Juna's mom would pay, I think Juna's mom had paid for us all to go see this movie. And we were criticizing the movie. And because it's Juna's mom's first experience, Tanya, sweet Tanya, this is her first experience with these kids not liking going to the movies as much or being critical. And she was like, why don't we just talk about the stuff we liked? Because we were, we were harshing on the arcs. Well, we're sure not going to talk about that today because we had to watch the movie again. We are talking, we're talking Tobes today. We're talking Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, Kirsten Dunst, 
These were movies we grew up on. What was your relationship with the Spider-Man franchise growing up, Sammy Boy? Oh, man, you know, I was a big Spider-Man kid, you know. I mean, the first one came out when I was, like, six, and I was, you know, of course, already obsessed with Spider-Man. So then the movie comes out, and there's all the commercials and the cereal box, yeah, the little web shoes you get in the cereal boxes and stuff. And, you know, it was just, it was a summer of Spider-Man, you know. Everybody was going cuckoo for Spider-Man. Um... I didn't see that one until it was on DVD, you know, a while later, because it was a little scary for me. But then, um, excuse me, edit that out. Uh, I'm not editing that out. Uh, yeah, you are. Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, and then, uh, but you know, Spider-Man Two came out. I saw that in the theaters, and man, that was just a game changer. That was like, that's probably my favorite in the franchise too. Yeah, that was. Um, these movies, I I didn't love Spider. I didn't love superhero movies growing up as much as you've talked about. Um, but the Spider Man movies were very big for me, and Spider Man Three was particularly big for me. I remember this came out. I, this came out the day of my birthday. Um, this was a May fifth release, and um, I was so excited for this movie. And what a, I mean. Are we in agreement? What a fucking mess. Mess. Uh, I, I believe my letterbox review I posted today was just like, it's excellently directed trash. It's like, it's just a bad It script. is better directed than I expected. It's, it's, it is a man with full control over his craft just doing something that he doesn't really believe in. Yeah, well, you can feel the studio forcing these three villains on. It's... Basically, like, I'm of the mind that you could have any pair of two of these villains and it would work a lot better than the three together. You know, it's um, I, it just truly doesn't it doesn't work. And it, it, that actually taps into my biggest issue with this movie, which is that Venom inherently fucks this movie because the thing that I hated with this movie is that. In theory, a movie where he taps into his dark side, a movie where he is leaning into the darker parts of himself, where he's going after his uncle's killer and like being less altruistic than normally, all of the power is taken away by the fact that the villain causes him to do all of that. Nothing that he does is actually his own choice. There are no effects on character. This is a... It's just so flawed. Why do I care about any of it if he's not the reason? He's not making choices. Well, it's like he's just, a, it's like he's still making those choices. He's just impaired. It, uh, it, as Dr. Connor says, it's, it's sparking additional aggression. It's bringing more out of him, but it's not like it's like, it's not like, you think? It's like, like, it's like he's drunk. It's like, you know, if you do something really evil when you're drunk, like you still did it. You did it impaired, but it's still your choice. I guess so. It it's it just it takes so much of the power away. I think like there's a movie I think this movie would be better if Sandman was the only villain. That would be sick. Sandman's the only villain. You get actual time to develop him. And here's my boldest pitch. Imagine how much better this movie would be if Sandman was just literally the guy from the first movie that he thought he killed. I didn't like any of the stuff when they're reconnecting. It was like, can't that guy, why does everything gotta be connected like that? I don't know. Maybe that's just a taste thing, but to me it was kind of like, can't Sandman just 
what the I mean it was there's so many things going on and I guess if you cut the Venom stuff and you have more time to develop the Peter wants revenge element but I guess I think it works in the sense of like it mirrors Harry really well where it's like Harry it's a whole movie about forgiveness Harry needs to forgive Peter for at least thinking that he killed his dad and Peter needs to forgive the person that killed his father figure. They're happening at the same time. It's the Venom thing that really throws a wrench in that. Because it's like, what is... I guess I like your analogy that he's drunk. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What What did we think worked in this? What Like, what did we like in Spider-Man 3? Because we have to start thinking about, like, what are we going to keep moving forward? Well, it's like, for... You know, for Spider-Man 4, we're really, like, are we really making a sequel to Spider-Man 3? Are we making a sequel to Spider-Man 2? Because, like, it's kind of a course correction, and I think that that's what it always was. I mean, we're also, well, we'll talk about the prompt. What works in Spider-Man 3? Um, I'll tell you Mary one Jane thing stuff was great, actually. that was that Mary was, Jane was, stuff is always great. Yeah. These are romance films. I mean, that's not an original idea, but, like, the they're, like, 40s romance films like mj rules yeah and that stuff doesn't really get resolved it ends kind of like her story is kind of sad it ends with her bummed out working at this uh cafe or that this jazz club that sort of symbolizes her dreams not being fulfilled um it's a pretty sad ending and it also just it's like yeah all right the villains are dead all right here you go and it's like damn okay sucks I, and that was one of the few things i liked about it was that like oh it was willing to like have an interesting ending you know of like we're gonna try to go so on. so good Incredible. like one of the things i clocked watching this that felt like a breath of fresh air in the world of modern superhero cinema is even though i don't like the actual fighting the first fight scene with harry like that was it was good. so nice. Like the the concept of like trying to save the ring was so personal and like actually felt like it had stakes that like I have really missed that. Like that felt revolutionary. <laughs> that was a really good scene. That was the one that that one kicks off and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Like maybe this movie could work." Um I, a lot of the fights are good. Uh, I mean, like I said, like this is just really well directed. Raimi knows how to block this stuff. It does mm-hmm. do the the. There's like th- at least three instances of like the slow motion falling and like blocking like a vertical action scene as they like fall through the air and Spider-Man has to dodge right. falling objects and go faster. But I guess that's kind of what you do in Spider-Man. Like that's what I was I was watching some stuff from No Way Home. And I was like, oh, they do that and that like twice in the clips I watched. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's well well done. Well, a lot of action worked. It's just that once you're like that first one pretty good, too, because it's sort of picking up the conflicts that I still care about. But yeah, halfway through the movie when they're once you're getting like Sandman and there's just too many things happening and it didn't quite work. God. Yeah, that was that was my arc with it was like, you know. You open it, Harry comes in. I mean, he's, like, dressed like X Games snowboarder dork. And, like, that's, like, it's not cool. (laughs) You know? I'm like, wow, they made worse Green Goblin. (laughs) Like, congrats. But, like, I'm on the ride. You know what? I'm about it. We have to resolve this Harry shit. And then, like, Sandman gets introduced, and I'm like, I'm already getting a little tired here. (laughs) (laughs) This is is a little early for, and then like the venom stuff comes crawling out in that scene with MJ. And I'm like, Oh my God, 
uh, <laughs> I'm tired already. And that's just the, the Venom plot point. It's like 30 minutes into the movie that we meet Eddie Brock, like very unceremoniously. Dude, Eddie Brock sucks. This version. So, uh, you know, Sam Raimi's whole thing with this is everyone knows, you know, if you read about this, it's very easy to find. But he, you know, he's a he was a 60s kid, you know, 60s, 70s yeah. growing up. He didn't have, uh, they didn't have Venom when he was growing up, so he didn't get the character. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah, a favorite of his. 90s villain. 90s yeah. villain, 80s, 90s villain. And um, he, and so he never understood, and, but Avi Arad pushed him to put it in the care, in the show, the producer. Um, and like, so he kind of tried to do his own spin on it, where he's like, well, what if he's sort of like a dark Peter Parker versus yeah. like the Eddie Brock in the Marvel, in the, in the originals, he's kind of brutish and, I don't really know. I didn't really read. I don't read a lot of. I didn't read a lot of Venom stuff, but uh, it's a different take, and people didn't like that. I mean, you know, now it's. I guess it was kind of an interesting idea back then. Now every Marvel movie has like the dark version of the the main hero, like since Iron Man one. So I don't know. No, it, it sucks. It sucked. It, it, it just sucks. Sucked. He was so annoying, and it was it like looks whatever. bad. And Eddie brought. Well, like <laughs> I thought the this effects is... looked pretty good. I thought that shit looked great, actually. Not Sandman all the time. Sandman, um, yeah. Sandman was Venom shockingly. Looked, I was like, how, they you can't do sand right back then. We're we're we definitely should keep moving. But there were there were two things I wanted to check in with you in terms of Spider Man Three. One, isn't it funny to me? So many of the times that he's evil Spider-Man and does something where it's like he's supposed to be a dick, it's justified. Like his like he goes to like open his door when he's evil Spider-Man and like he can't open it and the landlord comes out like where's my rent? And he's like I'll give it to you when you fix this door and they're like whoa, whoa, this is t-. and it's like yeah, the landlord should fix his door. <laughs> That's fair. And then it works or the landlord respects him more after that. And I was like, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> and like he's like mad at his best friend for kissing his potential fiance it's like oh peter's gone over the edge now that's true yeah he's not really making that bad of choices besides like being a dweeb like being the craziest is um eddie brock who like his big evil moment with eddie brock that makes him want to kill him is that he catches him photoshopping a photo for the newspaper like and the guy's like please don't reveal this and it's like you should reveal this that's wrong (laughs) (laughs) like there's like the only thing peter does in this entire time that's actually evil is when he hits mj which is also like holy like that's a part of this the jazz club sequence the famous jazz club sequence which is the other thing i wanted to talk about what do you think of it i think it rules i actually it's funny the stuff that works best for me is this is the maligned him walking down the street like that's great because that i was watching a the commentary uh, of that scene and it is it's it's such a good take because it's like yeah this is this movie i feel like more than the other two spider-mans really leans into how much of a dweeb peter parker is because you open it with him at his sort of highest moment like this is peter parker already thinking he's cool and then it's him trying to be a bad boy and it's like oh yeah right peter parker's a total dweeb and that yeah. shit like that's a really interesting character stuff i mean it's silly and it's funny and stylish but uh, I thought that yeah, the jazz stuff was great. Him playing the piano, it's crazy. That was that was the best scene of the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, that was I had the most fun in that scene. And I can't believe that's the maligned one. And like I couldn't believe 
Like that moment where he pushes MJ down is devastating. It's it's you know I I totally forgot about that. That's a tough. I mean that's crazy. That's heavy. That's complex. And like I don't and it doesn't act like it's not a big deal. Yeah. That's I feel bad for Raimi with this movie because he's clearly trying his best. He is, and yeah, that's what's heartbreaking about it. You hear I mean he talks about it and he's like he he sounds regretful and like he he almost is like he doesn't want to do it. He calls this a bad movie, which is like damn, dude. And his goal with Spider-Man Four was to bounce back. His goal was to really um do something that could uh they wanted to finish it on a high note. They said Spider-Man Three was a missed opportunity. Spider-Man Four, they were gonna knock it out of the park. But so uh, that's a that's a good segue. It's a good are, segue. So we just got the phone call from Amy Pascal at Sony. She's like, boys, Sam, Max, the podcast two of podcast two. We're trying to make Spider-Man four. We're trying to save money on screenwriters. We need you two to crack this story. (laughs) We're we're looking for two schlubs. (laughs) We saw your short and your no budget feature. We think you're the mans for the jobs. Okay, you did the homework. You, t- I don't remember what what was said in No Way Home. Well, here, here's relevant. the rules. Okay. Here's the rules yeah. of this. So, first off, we are doing the sequel. We are per- we are writing this in 2023. This is a the a reboot cool to the Raimiverse. Uh, post No Way Home, it carries on that story where we saw Toby 20 years later or whatever, and. Uh, Next thing is, is that, um, so yeah, it's got to incorporate all those plot points. It's got to bring back Kirsten and all the great characters and the great actors. Raimi's back to direct. He wants to do it, but we can't stick to the original plan. The original plan was to do Vulture. Uh, and, uh, but they did Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming and I don't know. So we got to find a new villain for Raimi, who is a tough cookie to pick. So yeah, new Spider-Man, Spider-Man 4, 2024. 20, well, at least, yeah, at least at Christmas 2024. So they, they want to fast. We have this pitch it. due. We have this pitch due in 20. Yeah, it's it's due next week. It's due next know? week. We got to bang this script out. So, um, what is a so what is a so yeah? We last left off with uh in in Peter Parker's story, uh, we saw him in Spider-Man No Way Home, where uh he seemed kind of weird looking at it. It was kind of the the performance. Dude, he was so weird. It was like is he on drugs? But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very likely, but uh, Toby, Toby's got an approach. He's like a kind of doped out Spider-Man. Is like like on anti-bipolar drugs or something. But yeah, so okay, we left off uh, in Spider-Man No Way Home. They ask Peter, you know, how it's going with his love life, and he says it's complicated. And you know, uh, he implies that he's single. He's like, "No, no, no, I'm not single. We found a way to make it work," which leaves a lot of room to play with. Like, what is the nature of his and MJ's relationship? It doesn't sound like they're quite married, or maybe they are, and they went through some turbulent times. There's a question of there's 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 some conflict there. There's there's money there. There's something we can milk to tell the story. This is gonna really play well into my pitch. I'm gonna give you great. Okay, this is great. This Excellent. Is great. Uh, other than that, uh, w- there's no allusion to him having any kids. Uh, it seems he's still a full-time Spider-Man. He still wears a suit underneath. He's not like retired or anything. Uh, you know, we're we're picking up Toby at and he's low forties, so you know we he's still pretty spry. He'd be low forties, yeah. Because in Spider-Man three, I think he's like twenty-two, even though he looks thirty. Well, he's still <laughs> in school, he's... but I guess he's getting his like master or his, his whatever you do, his PhD or something. 
Yeah, he's still in school. Could but be he's anything. like, yeah, I think he's early 20s in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, for sure. So, like, I guess as we get into this, like, if we were to actually break, well, we are actually breaking the story. Break like, the story. A- Amy, Amy is breathing down our necks. Amy. She's, she's like, I'm not, I didn't pay you each $200 for nothing. <laughs> you don't want to get on Amy's bad side. She told me, she didn't tell you this, and she told me not to tell you this, but she said that if I do a really good job, I'm gonna get two hundred fifty dollars, dude. That rules. And That's... you know, I'm a team player, so was I'll... that leaked in the Sony emails from North Korea? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I found out. That's how we have our beef. I like the idea that in the Sony leaks of emails, it was like revealed that like these two losers <laughs> like have been coming up with all the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> it was like Spider-Man. The kids really like dubstep these days. It was 2010. Or like maybe Spider-Man could be really into dubstep and EDM concerts. <laughs> but some of the things make it in. They're like Spider-Man should take selfies. Kids take selfies, and they put that in. Spider-Man's taking selfies in the Andrew Garfield movies, uh, and then like they were like, they "Hey, should... don't talk." Actually, we can't talk ill about those. This was the first movies I ever got. I was a PA on Spider-Man too, on Amazing Spider-Man too. Would have been cool if I was a PA on Spider-Man too. Those are the first <laughs> movies I ever got high at because I smoked weed and watched that garbage. Wow. Uh, dude, that's cool. I was smoking that's weed. Sick. Actually, I was smoking weed before that even. Oh, dude, so, that's dude, that's cool. You know, you might not know this, but I'm something. I'm sort of partaking the reefer, <laughs> as they said in the Sony leaks. Spider-Man does not do drugs. There's some hard rules about Spider-Man. He doesn't do drugs. Does that premarital sex on camera? You gotta do, you gotta do, uh, you know, metaphors. You can do stuff with like web cum and stuff. And mm. he's like, he gets excited and then he, he webs too fast. Like, oh, bust, <laughs> spider bust. All right, so we we should get going into this though. Let's Amy's get going. Down what's your neck. what's Amy? your you've you've been hyping up this pitch you've got? Uh, you gotta not you gotta. I don't know it. if we can. Well, let, let's let's get into like the broad strokes. First. Okay, broad strokes. Think... So biggest thing you need, you need a villain. I, yeah, first thing, I think, are we in agreement? We got to go back to one villain. That's what I was just going to ask. Yeah, I uh, I think one villain, I think what worked about Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 is the, you know, A-plot Spider-Man, B-plot villain, and you just really get time with that villain. And you get to, get, and you make it a meaty role for a good actor. Um, I think that for the original Spider-Man 4 plot, original Spider-Man 4 plan, it was just Vulture. No, they were going to introduce a female Vulture as well, I, I've read. Uh, that was like maybe going to be Anne Hathaway or something. So they were going to kind of play with it. But that's stupid. But yeah, they were going to do Ben Kingsley, and then they were like, John Malkovich as Vulture. Pretty cool idea. But Michael Keaton, I mean, Michael Keaton owns that role. Now. No, they had he, Dr. Connors right there to be the lizard, and they weren't going to do it? He doesn't. It's what Raimi wants to do. But then they did. Sony really wanted the lizard. But he didn't want to do Lizard. And this then, is one of my things: is I want to pick a villain that wouldn't have to be too CGI. Even nowadays, if it's like they have to be CGI the whole time, mm-hmm. it sucks. Yeah, you know, the first two work. Like Doc Ock works because you can see his fucking face, and that was game changing at the time because you know the first one, you know, goblins for all those CG shots they have to do, goblins master. So it's pretty easy to to make that, and uh, with Doc Ock, that really there caused a lot of breakthroughs in face scanning tech and stuff because they had to do these big elaborate fight scenes and you know under scrutiny nowadays it doesn't quite hold up but it's you know it's still got some magic there 
So, okay, I think, yeah, but I agree. One villain, let's zero in on it. Think of all the great villains in any superhero movie. It's never the ones where there's, like, multiple villains. I guess Joker had had Two-Face, yeah. but no one likes Two-Face. It's like, well, that's 20 minutes of that fucking movie. So I'd hit pause and say we should... We'll pick the villain once we get a better idea of what our A-plot is, so we know, like, what's going to play against that well, you know? What's going to, like, create that poetry feeling that a good antagonist creates. But I like that we're in agreement on... Like, it's that's how we'll pitch it to Amy. We're like, it's back to basics. Back to basics. You know? This is what's... I mean, it literally <laughs> is what screwed them up. Every, every Spider-Man gets screwed up the second they're, like, trying to do more than one. You know, I guess people would disagree. Some people like No Way Home more than I do. Um, I wasn't crazy about it, you know. Um, I don't think it holds up. Well, nobody likes No Way Home because of all the villains. You know, no one's like, oh, I liked, I loved Sandman's appearance in that. That really upped the ante. It's like, there's only six because you had to do Sinister Six. And it's like, well. Thomas Hayden Church didn't love it because he got a low paycheck. Did he he get paid at all? Did he get a dime for that? (laughs) He got the same rate we're getting for this script. (laughs) We're getting the Hayden Church rate. And we're working twice as hard as he did on that. He didn't even have to show up. Dude, it's such a bummer that Spider-Man 3 was his follow-up to being an Oscar nominee. Like, he, like, worked as a character actor that got, like, no money for a decade. Got, did sideways gets an oscar nomination this is his big thing and then they're like back to actor jail you oh fucker. that was the guts he's in sideways i just watched that oh fuck he's so funny oh that's yeah wasted opportunity yeah he really um, got fucked i mean like topher grace i don't feel as bad no you know? topher, i mean like, he's topher got that grace. 70s show money and he yeah. g- i uh, frankly topher grace gave us all he has to offer i'm just kidding topher's a great guy you know, right. we bump yeah. into each this other. Topher, to if you if you hear this, you know it's uh, Sam said it. I'm Topher, we believe in you. We're looking forward to that '90s show, baby. You're gonna Topher, you're you gonna knock it out of the park. You're gonna knock it out of the park, buddy. You All right, heard what he said. So what's your what's your idea for our A plot? What is what's going on in Spidey's okay. life? What's his relation with Mary Jane like? They are divorced. Okay. We open on. Spider-Man and MJ are divorced, but they're making it work, and they have a kid. And I think in the opening of the movie, Spider-Man has largely been able to use his scientific mind. I, this isn't super. This part of it's not super worked out, but I. We're it's some sort story. of opening. We're breaking the story. He's been able to use tech where he barely has to be Spider-Man anymore. He can like. Crime is at an all-time low because he is, like, solving it in all sorts of new ways. You know, not, like, Stark tech, like, stuff that, like, celebrates the military. It's, like, he's, like, doing, like, community building shit, you know? Like, he's, like, he's he has turned New York around the way we really should. This is my pitch for the opening. But the, like, break into two, the inciting incident in the movie. He has a kid. The kid gets stolen by the villain. And Spider-Man has to face what I would imagine is, like, actually his... Because when I really think about Peter Parker, like, this is a guy who lost both of his parents. That's very under-discussed. It's not, like, discussed in a Bruce Wayne way. But, like, his parents are not alive. He lost his fucking uncle. Like, that's the genius of Spider-Man 1, is, like, him getting this power that's really cool at first causes every single person he loves to face consequences. You know? He is terrified of that if he has a kid he's so scared of that so i think he has set up a world where he he feels very confident he can have a kid because that kid's gonna be safe i don't mm-hmm. think he'd feel that if he was just spider-man but i think this kid gets taken 
And I think not only does he have to face the consequences of like, I have to try to solve this. He has to deal with like getting back with MJ and being like, I fucked up. I screwed up and we have to go get our kid back, (laughs) you know? And (laughs) basically what I'm pitching, I know this might not be clear right now. This will make it clear. I think we steal the structure for Finding Nemo. So it's like an odyssey. It's like an odyssey across. And it's Spider-Man and MJ is Dory, essentially. (laughs) Spider-Man is Marlin. (laughs) But like what it's, the overall arc of it is that he has to, What's up? Well, it should be vice versa. I'd say MJ, you know, she's the more serious one. Spider-Man's Dory. Mm. Right. Fair. Where where I can't thought of this pitch is like the first movie is like we the only other thing that could happen is like she gets mad at Peter, you know, I can't do this anymore. You're Spider-Man, you know, and like they have to take a break, you know, like this has been done before, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is a movie where they have to learn how to actually work together for the first time. It's secretly like a marriage movie, you know, and it's but like even more interestingly, it's a divorce movie. How does a divorced couple work together to try to help their kid? But conversely, he's we open the movie. His character arc is he feels confident because he feels like he's in control, but you're never in control. And he has to realize that he can you can never fully protect your kids. Your kids will always somewhat be in trouble. And this kid, the B story is if the kid's with the villain, the kid's got to learn to fend for themselves. The kid's got to learn how to be a hero themselves. Dad can't always save the day. In the third act, the whole family comes back together. You're not loving this. I'm seeing some. I loved everything up until the kid stuff. I think. I think Sam Raimi, I, I mean, I haven't seen his whole filmography. I've seen some of it. Uh, love, love, mm-hmm. Sam, love Sam, love what he represents to the you know indie horror community and whatnot, which I consider myself a part of. But uh, I don't think that Sam, uh, I don't like the idea of his raw sincerity being tasked with handling a child actor. I think that's recipe for annoying. Um, and I think that that's a great opportunity to... I mean, first up, we should look up, you know, Spider-Man's got kids in the comics, you know, at different times. Um, so we should see what we could do there. But, uh, yeah, it'd be cool. I feel like the stakes are better uh, if you don't see the kid. And it's left in mystery. What's happening to this kid? Is this kid getting destroyed? What's our B story? The villain. Is this kid getting what? <laughs> you know, bad stuff. <laughs> What's the bad stuff, Sam? <laughs> What's Dude, the bad like, stuff that happens to a kid that gets stolen? Whatever your we don't see it. It's whatever your mind creates. It's a reflection of the viewer. You know, this is a kids movie, so the kids they're thinking time out. But the I know growing, what the adults you know, are the thinking. Are thinking some fucked up shit. But okay. you know what? That's their baggage. We didn't say it. They did. So I how think, are we feeling about this? How, I like how everything are... about this. I love this uh, this journey together. She's like, no, we do this together. Bing bing. Um, classic, great idea. Give really give Kirsten some some meat. She showed us in Power of the Dog that she still got it, and we got to see her keep going. Um, Kirsten's got it. Kirsten's, Kirsten's got, got it. it. She's got the sauce. She had uh, to sit on stage with Lars von Trier while he said he empathized with Hitler. You know, she <laughs> held it together. That was the that was the performance of the decade. <laughs> was her holding it together as her Oscars slipped through her fingers. 
<laughs> Iconic. Um, now, um, here's the deal. A plot, Spider-Man, Mary Jane trying to find the kid. They find the kid at the end. Ba ba ba. They do an incredible thing. The kid's got Spider-Man powers or whatever. Um, classic. Oh, we could give him Spider-Man problems, because especially in this Raimi thing. He's got the web shooters. It's the only yeah. the only time in any Spider-Man movie you're gonna be able to have him have. Uh, wait, does Miles Morales in uh, Spider-Verse? He's got he's got no, mechanical he, shooters. He builds the web shooters. He builds the web. Builds... So, dude, but we got to find our villain. That's our B plot, and it's a character study. Because the thing, mm-hmm. the trouble is, in 2023 or whatever, or 2024, whatever this movie is getting released. Dude, um, we owe this to Amy next week. We got. <laughs> yeah, well, we, the thing is, is that we've got to differentiate ourselves from existing Spider-Man products. By this yeah. point, there will be have been a fourth film in the SSU, that is the Sony Spider-Man universe. Uh, which includes Venom, Venom 2, Morbius, and then the upcoming Craven the Hunter, starring uh, that guy from Kick-Ass. What's that kid's name? Aaron Tyler Johnson. Um, Craven the Hunter, one of the all-time great Spider-Man villains. Raimi had thought about bringing him into the fold. You know, he would be the perfect villain. Like, it uh, hasn't been done yet, but he's got a solo movie coming out. Now, a great villain for Spider-Man, I was thinking, my first thought was Chameleon. We haven't seen Chameleon done in live action. Chameleon was the first Spider-Man villain in the comics. He's in number one with Spider-Man. He's a guy who can imitate anyone's face. And uh, there's a couple different approaches to it that's been done in the comics. It can be holograms. It can be cool. Like, there's one where he, like, physically morphs his face, which I think is the way to do it. Like, some Cronenberg monster stuff. I'm leaning towards Chameleon. I think it paves the way for an interesting, um, more, uh, more cerebral Spider-Man story. Trouble is, Chameleon is Craven the Hunter's half brother, and they've already cast an actor to play him in the new Craven the Hunter solo film. So, might be tough getting Amy to sign off on that, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll table that okay. one. Can't, I think Craven's off, but Chameleon's a maybe. Now, okay, I wanna. So I wanna tie this into like, let's get into screenwriting mode. Then. Uh-huh. So like, what in this world? Like, what is I like? What I am pitching is Peter's arc. Uh-huh. Is like we open on a guy that thinks he's figured out how to protect the people he loves most. He thinks he's finally solved it. The inciting incident is guess what motherfucker you didn't, you know, you can never control life. Life is unpredictable. Um, and he's going to go on a journey of realizing that sometimes you have to let go of control to actually protect the people you love. That's great. You know, if you try to control everything, you will lose that because that's oh my god, this would be great. That could be why he lost MJ. That's part of the that's part of the through line of those two. Mm-hmm. Is he tried to he tried he was too controlling. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought he could make the marriage work by trying to fix everything and that's what pushed her away. I mean, it makes sense after he lost everything, um he's He's like, he's like, I can't lose someone I love again. I have to control life. I don't understand how we're gonna do this yet, but it's. Uh, is May alive in this one? Is that? I actor? think May's alive. I think we got one last. Like he goes to visit her. Yeah, she's alive. I looked it up. Could she still? We gotta act? bring Rosemary back. Could she still act? That was twenty years ago. She's a hundred. Yeah, we'll try it. Let's see if it works in the narrative. Let's we're see as we're breaking the story. We're definitely writing two versions of the script because she could go kaput <laughs> any day in pre-pro. You got, you got to have that scene ready to, for her to be dead. 
Do you get what I mean? Like, also just for podcast meetings, like, am I, is what I'm saying making sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this, this, yeah, I think this is great. It might be a little Tony Starkey, but, you know, there's only so many arcs you can do, and, um, you know. He didn't have a kid, though. Oh, he did have a kid. Yeah, they did that in one of them, yeah. Uh, Yeah, but he didn't have to go on the adventure with, uh with Gwyneth Peltz. That's so true. They didn't do that and there's there's opportunity. Yeah, I mean there's there's only so many things you can learn as a father, you know. I think Raimi would love to do a family superhero like a movie with like a family superhero thing. This is just a this is a well known problem. It's a good way to fuck up a movie is bringing in a kid. It's also like the way that James Cameron makes all of his great sequels. That's how he makes the good sequels. He yeah, how that worked out for Way of Water, in your opinion. That's you, so, <laughs> too many kids. You can only have one kid. Only one kid tuck. allowed. We should have just been Tuck. Just Tuck. I, I'm all about Just Tuck Avatar. <laughs> Look, we're talking... We're this kid talking, just keeps getting chained to rails. We're talking Tobes right now. We're not talking Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's our next podcast, uh, Talking Tuck. <laughs> the only podcast to do... Every episode about Tuck, like, well, we're talking about that line again. Why did I get handcuffed? I don't remember Tuck having any other lines in Way of Water either. I don't remember that no kid ever talking. That's our big critique to Cameron. Like, not enough Tuck not lines. Enough tuck line, not enough Tuck one-liners. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. We could have this kid. Could it be? Uh, I mean, it should be... Uh, I don't know. It's like the Baby Princess Leia thing. Like, you don't want to... It's so annoying. I mean, did it, maybe I maybe I was wrong. Maybe it's basically like we have to create a problem. Because here's my journey. Give me two minutes on a soapbox right now. Movie one. Once upon a time, there was this teenage kid that felt like he was never going to be anybody. By a gift of the gods, he's given these powers. He finally gets to be a cool person. He finally gets to be what he always thought he wanted to be. But he learns it's the theme of that movie is literally with great power comes great responsibility. It, that is the theme. He loses his uncle because of this. He um everyone he loves gets threatened and by the end of the movie he realizes to actually protect the people he loves, he must sacrifice everything he wants. Right? Great. Great movie. Movie 2, even better. It opens, he's fully in that realm. And then he has that amazing scene where he has dinner with Doc Ock and his wife. And he's like, oh, but this is what I want. And it's a movie about, like, he thinks, like, maybe I should get what I want instead of what I need. And we watch him struggle with that, you know. And by the end of it, they make the extremely complex decision. It's why the sequel's even better of, like, she comes back from her wedding. She's there. It's this incredible ending scene where they embrace and love. It's an amazing romantic moment. And then he still has to go off and be Spider-Man. And Raimi's a genius because they go to that last shot of her watching him swing away. That's the last shot of that movie, you know? Um, and it, it, the end of that movie is, like, you can get what you want and do what you need, but both are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. The third one, in theory, is, like, trying to be, like okay, what happens if you get both of those things? Your ego blows up and you have to uh, you have to realize that you're not... I don't know. It doesn't really work. So it, <laughs> it, suddenly it doesn't fit anymore. So I, heard, I was thinking about all of this and I was like, we can't... We can't have some sort of like... 
it can't be some sort of thing where Peter and MJ are trying to figure out if they can make it work because we've just we've done that three different times in three different ways. We have to completely remove that, but it has to still remain a romance film because that's how these work. They are romance films. What if it, I mean what if it's yeah, it's about him, he has to lose everything. What do you and then the question is is it about it? what do you do to get get that back or what do you do to move on? Isn't that what Spider-Verse kind of did though with the older Peter Parker? Well, that's the that's the thing we haven't touched on yet. Is just you know how to because they're about to go on Spider Verse two. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that he has a kid in that one, um, and it's uh it's like okay, well, how do we differentiate it from that guy? But it's There's different. So many Spider Man. I think this one can be more tragic than that one. It's I I think bringing in a, a very tragic element. And I mean, being, can we do it without the kid? And like just kill MJ. Doesn't... I don't love killing MJ. I mean, maybe it would just be a, a, a baller move. Give her give her some great scenes of the front half, front 15 minutes. I didn't love it either because it's it's making her a narrative device instead of a character. Mm-hmm. You don't want to fridge MJ. But... but it's like it's it doesn't count if you take away Aunt May. Like that barely ca- She's like a million years old. No, but know? I think like, if you're taking away the kid and it's a... He already lost his best friend... <laughs> His best friend's dad, who is a father figure, his mentor scientist father figure, his uncle father figure, you know, like, will take away J. Jonah James, who lost his boss. <laughs> oh, we got to bring back J. Jonah, by the way. That yes, guy's coming yes. back. Because the new ones making him like Alex Jones no, it doesn't it, work. No, it's way it's more way interesting. Worse. He's a struggling, he's a he's a paper guy. Stru- like, we see the same office set, but it's like empty and like people are zooming in. And He's got to write back the articles Elizabeth himself. Banks, uh, as the <laughs> lady that works for They're him. They're the only two that work in the office anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's, yeah, she's still a smoke show. Um, but, you know, there's drama there. Um, I, I, I think the odyssey to get back the kid is the right track. I think that using Kirsten Dunst, you know, this could be, because we got to get her back. You know, we got to win her over. Uh, with more than just a paycheck we got to get her excited about this role and it's like she's been in these movies the damsel in distress like so many times it's time for her to really take charge they've got to do this to get the kid what if the kid dies in the end what if they do all this and the kid the kid dies and they learn they didn't need the kid all along their love was enough <laughs> That's I think a lot of parents need to learn that lesson. That's insane. (laughs) Every kid walking out of the theater with their parents, like, (laughs) would you save me? And it's like, I don't know. The movie just taught us a moral (laughs) that we might not need to. No, it's you're getting in the way of our love. It's just they'll still be happy if the mom, if the kid does die. They don't want the kid to die, but it wouldn't be that big of an L. Um. No, they've. I think they've got to save the kid. Teenage kid, you know, if it was a, if it was a teenager, if it was a divorced teenager, and you can bring more to this because your parents are divorced, unlike mine, who still love each other. But uh, we could bring it a divorce. <laughs> Dude, good brag. <laughs> That's gonna be our first merch. It's a, it, this is like Sam's parents, and it's just a big heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they're getting along great. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, the, <laughs> I think the 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 most interesting. I I think the idea of this being like an angry 
like 12 13 year old um like a middle schooler but like a mm-hmm. real prick like a real thorn in your side kind of thing and that kid gets abducted oh, it'd be great if you brought tom hall and play his son that would be a good multiverse thing going on there <laughs> that would be great dude that would make a lot of sense you might have to can age, we de-age him can we, we have to age him up to make him look 12 um <laughs> <laughs> tom I, I want you to know sam sam's the one saying this i love you tom you know. Tom, there's some allegations of you being a jerk floating around. I've heard lately, and uh, you got to beat those allegations by coming on the pod and proving how nice it was. Dude, you got to come on the pod and you, break a story with us. We, we can write <laughs> Spider-Man Six or whatever you're gonna do. Um, okay, we can we can write the uh, the lease for your apartment building. You're gonna <laughs> we're the nice open. landlord, <laughs> the nice landlord Tom Holland. Um, does he need to? Do we? What's our gut? Should he be with MJ or not? Still, my gut is that he should spend the film with MJ. I like that angle. I think that's a good. Um, I like that angle too. It's. Um, I think. I like the idea of like a very adult Spider-Man of like they're divorced, they're mad at each other but they have to learn how to work together. And it's not like they get back together at the end. It's like they learn how to coexist. You know, I like this idea. I I, I do think chameleon's the way to go. I think we do an old chameleon because they're going to they're gonna cast him young for the Craven the Hunter movie. No one's going to see it. Uh, so we get our chance. Plus, we're doing this a few years after. We Wait, do... can chameleon become other people? Chameleon can become anyone. There's a lot of potential there. I mean, I think a chameleon being the kid for a scene could be terrifying like they rescue the kid and then the kid turns into a a full-grown man and it's like i got you and it's jesse plemons we bring plemons in because i love plemons is a chameleon plemons is chameleon absolutely he's kind of doing like an old todd thing um there's that's money right there um and we're not doing a holograph shit this isn't some mcu shit we're going full cronenberg like flesh transformations um, oh yeah yeah <laughs> um now yeah there's there's a lot of potential here i think chameleon's the way i think a cerebral film the kid is taken chameleon's mm-hmm. got it i love the idea of opening the like you open the film with like the clap you know like all the these spider-man movies always started with like pictures from the last one like you should like spider-man's doing great spider-man's doing great spider-man's doing great spider-man's doing great and then you cut to spider-man is alone He's an alcoholic now, maybe. Um, or, like, he's a gamer. <laughs> um, like, or where, Spidey's really into gaming, and he, like, throws his control on the ground and has to go capture Mysterio or whatever, uh, played by Bruce Campbell. Um, now, yeah, Plemons is the way. Um, yeah, I like this. I, li- I think that's a great opener. Yeah, it's just, like, the kid's got to... They've got. Sh- I mean, does does they have zero custody? Or they- I think that them having shared custody gives us a great opportunity for them to sort of pass it over. I mean, maybe he's got visitation rights or whatever. You know, maybe he comes to see the kid, and the kid's like, mm-hmm. "I don't want to talk to you," or the kid just like won't even come out of its room, and then the kid runs away. Chameleon takes the kid, and then they've got to find the kid. And Spider Man's like, "I'm gonna do this." She's like, "You're not going anywhere without me. I'm getting this kid. I don't trust you to do this. You're gonna fuck it up. 
you barely know your son or your daughter or your NB or whatever. Um, and then they, uh, so then they've got to team up in what is more like, it's going to have action. It's going to have big fight scenes. There's going to be some good Spider-Man versus goons things. Thing is, this is this, we haven't seen this in a while. We haven't seen this in any of the Raimi movies. This, I mean, it's interesting thematically. The reason I like Chameleon is it's like, you never really know the people you love. Yeah. No matter how much you think you do, you never really know the people you love. And this is a chameleon's the perfect villain thematically for that kind of storyline. Yeah. Like we open on like Peter thinks maybe that's what it is. Peter thinks he's got it all. So like maybe he, I don't, maybe he's not fully bitter. Maybe it's scarier if he's like, he's trying to be a great dad by fully controlling everything around. Like while the kids walk into school, you know, there's like some muggers that are like a block ahead and he like webs them up and like gets them up and like MJ and the kid walk past and like nothing happened. You it's know? It's like, and Peter, he thinks he's like being a guardian angel, mm-hmm. you know, but it's creepy. It's you it. know, it's like, it's somewhere between helpful and creepy. Uh, and it's, um, yeah, it could be something with like a kid's bully, you know, maybe the kids mm-hmm. like about to get bullied and, uh, then Peter like has like his spider like robot or something like swoop in and beat up the bully. And then the kid's like, you just made that way worse. Like now everybody knows like my dad's Spider-Man or something. Um, he's like, I thought you'd be proud of for Spider-Man to be your dad. And he's like, I don't want it. So do we think the kid knows Peter? Could be, could be a way. That's a, that's an in. Um, Cause I was going to say, what if I think the kid does know, I think they have shared custody. You know, but I think he doesn't trust the kid with MJ anymore. It's like he has to learn to trust that MJ is also can also protect the kid. Yeah, he's like know? helicopter dad. Oh, that's so Peter Parker. He's helicopter dad. He's helicopter dad. This yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So like I'm at, so like we have this opening act of like seeing what divorced life looks like with them both. T- they both love the kid. Yeah. They're both good parents in different ways. He's got to learn to let go of this control. Yeah. In the first act, maybe he like stops a crime where it's like he's like the guy can turn into anyone, right? He, I think we, he knows who Chameleon is. So this this villain has been set up. What if it's Peter's turn to pick the kid up at school? Like Chameleon has figured out who Peter Parker is. Okay. And Chameleon shows up to school as Peter and takes the kid. That's how he takes the kid. Mm-hmm. He just goes in as Peter. And what you if it's know? like Peter was running late because he was doing some Spider-Man shenanigans? Yes. And what if him and MJ had just gotten in a fight, you know, and she and where he was like, he's like, there's this guy out there right now who knows who I am. We have to get the kid out of school. I'm taking him out. And she's like, no, this is a big day for the kid. You would you don't even know this because you're never around. All you care about is safety. Then Chameleon goes and takes the kid as Peter. Now, MJ's mad at Peter. You know, that's our break into two. That's great. So kids taken. Chameleon could be anywhere. Chameleon and we're going to see Chameleon rapidly rise the ranks. I think Chameleon controls the NYPD in this film. Um, it's Spider-Man versus the NYPD. And we're not doing like a cop killing thing. Like he's because Spider-Man doesn't kill. He's going to fight them. There's going to be some punches thrown. Cops don't know any better. They're all proven innocent in the end. They are just they were just following orders. But Chameleon Chameleon steals Captain State, you know, steals Captain Stacy's identity. We can bring that mm-hmm. guy back. 
Captain Stacy from Spider-Man 3. He's in succession these days. He's still kicking. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, yeah, Peter versus like organized crime in the NYPD. So what's Chameleon's plan? Like why does Chameleon need to steal Peter's kid? Chameleon is going to control the whole city. He's going to do it. He can, Chameleon has stumbled into this power in the last few years. Yeah, he's been kicking on the criminal underground, but he's been brewing, he's got like a Palpatine level plan of like, oh, I can control everyone because I can be anyone at any given moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, he- So what if Peter, what if Spider-Man is the only one that can stop him though because he's got a Spidey sense? Yes. He knows if someone, he knows if it's not the right person. But not all. You know. It can't always work, like because then it's too easy. He's got maybe he's got like a way to block the Spidey sense, but it's like I I think there's got to be a reason that Peter is like the biggest threat to his power. Him blocking his spy. Yeah, that's great. But him blocking Spidey sense is great. I mean, that could just be like a like a radio signal that like disorient Spider was like ah, ah. I mean, I'm sure there's something in the comments we could steal. Maybe one of our readers can call in and uh, give us uh, some tips and pointers. Our number is. Six three six seven two four eight one five four. The our our listeners, long time listener, first time caller. You're not even listening to me, dude. Um, <laughs> I, I try not. I to. think the chameleon. I think the chameleon. Yeah, chameleon's the villain. M- MJ and Peter are divorced. They have shared custody. There, mm-hmm. she's sick of him, and she's got her own baggage too. You know, as as re- like she has a complicated relationship with her father, Peter. Well, he didn't. He lost his parents when he was like barely old enough or whatever. Um, he did grow up in a loving home. His aunt and uncle loved him more than anything. He had yeah. his surrogate parents. She had a hateful father, spiteful father. She thought she solved her like problems from her childhood because she's like, I I got together with someone meeker. You know, someone kinder, someone that... Uh, but, like, in the end, his issues are the same as her dad's. It's about control. Yeah. You know? He does it in a nicer, kinder, more empathetic way that we can understand more and that's better, ostensibly. But it's still control. I I, I think we are fully on to something with, like, Spider-Man 4 has to be about, like, that he... By this age, like, he's like, I have to be able to control the world yeah because you know, he, like he's been he's been keeping he's been in charge of new york city and he's like mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes of this film he's the only superhero in this world uh yeah um you know we allude to something else off screen but um he he's the guy and that's why chameleon's after him is because chameleon's got a plan that chameleon is going to run this city he's gonna start with new york he's gonna take the stock exchange and he's gonna be the richest most powerful man in the world he's gonna have everything he ever wanted um so and. what's MJ's arc? Like what what does So if Peter is learning that mm-hmm. you know, he, Peter starts the film thinking he can control things. He's got this under control and in the end I think it's like an accept it, he's more working towards a point of accepting that sometimes the only way you can actually push through things is accepting the chaos. You know, it's um like he's like you have to trust you have to find a nemo you have to just trust you have to let them go so you have to let go you, you have, have to, to accept go. the world for what it is oh my god that's a beautiful ending where like he hang like the he brings the kid back the kid's like spending thanksgiving with mj and her family and he like talks to the kid on the phone and the kid's like yeah i'm going out tonight with my friends and he's like well have fun champ and he like hangs up and he's nervous but he's okay with it now he's like 
this kid's got it mm-hmm. you know yeah the seven-year-olds the yeah seven-year-olds gonna go no, no i think it's i think it, I, yeah. I, it can well i guess yeah 13 seven-year-olds. might 13 might be i don't know we're, we're gonna get to that i think it's Andrew's either it's arc. either really young or like yeah jaded teenager that like runs mm-hmm. away um could be could, the running away teenager could, giving it making it a character and less of an object it's a seven-year-old or subhuman um you know who cares yeah we don't want to make a tuck here we know. don't well it is yeah yeah i mean tuck's tuck's tuck works best when tuck is a prop and uh if it's a Look, seven-year-old with a pro. I love talking tuck. I love talking tuck. Dude, save know. it for talking tuck, uh, our next podcast. We got to figure out Mary Jane's arc and where this is going. Mary Jane, did she make it as an actor? Did she? I I mean, I don't think that that was the end of her career at Spider-Man 3. But I don't, I think that there's a beauty to everything worked out for Spider-Man. And Mary Jane faced the harsh realities of being an actor for so many people, which is that you you don't make it, and even if you do, maybe she had a briefly make it. Yeah, yeah she yeah, briefly yeah. made it, and then she, you know, she's aged out or just stopped getting casted or whatever. Um, and she's doing, you know, some other kind of job now, whatever Mary Jane does in the comics and one issue or whatever. And um, life was harder life would like peter had a hard life but in many ways life was harder for mary jane in her in her eyes she always sees it as like she had a harder like he doesn't understand something she had a tough relationship with her dad it was abusive and uh she and think, then she was like dangled from a taxi cab yeah, she and kept she getting was, dangled yeah. because of her boyfriend's bullshit um which she had nothing to do with and uh yeah, yeah. and he, so she has got to I don't think so we're, we're going to be able to get self Sony on they don't get back together if they start out divorced. I think we are almost like unless let's we can, see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. I'd love to try to sell Amy on this. You know, I got Amy's ear. You know, she she and like she we does know like we you. both know she's not hot on you. You know, I did I didn't make a good first impression for those listening. No, you did. You, know, you, kept, it was, you were so pro North Korea. <laughs> I was like that was sick. That was so funny when they did that. And then she was like, that was not good actually and i was like you're a cup dude oh. i i love that famous amy line that was not good actually <laughs> um we're a very professional podcast where you're opening a bottle of wine oh what do you think what's the per- the fuck's a professional podcast shut the fuck up you think okay, they're not all so, drunk on these bullshit things so i think um can it open i would it? love to give her an arc that doesn't use the word peter you know, mm-hmm. like, cause the easy arc is like, she realizes he's a good dad, you know, mm-hmm. like, boo, boo, you know, I think all of her arcs in these movies involve the word Peter. I'd love to be the first people to crack a Spider-Man movie where MJ's arc is its own thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, where she, yeah, her, she feel like you were saying, she feels her, her acting career has been a huge disappointment. I mean, like, it's either we make her a huge success or we make her a huge, or we, like, where, yeah, where do we think she's at? What if she's, she's one of these people who, you know, she's almost like, what if she's like, she, she's one of those people who's like, I missed my chance, but I'm going to give everything I I can to give my kid the life that like the best life mm-hmm. possible like even you know my parents said something like that to me at some point they were like 
you know, I mean, they, they had a, they have a better life than probably I'll ever see. Uh, but they, uh, they were like, Oh, we are doing this. So you'll do better than us. You're going to be better. They really really fucked up. They did. They, they dropped the ball. (laughs) Yeah. They, uh, they weren't very good at it. They're not good parents. (laughs) <laughs> you can't even open a bottle of wine. This bottle of wine is fucked. Okay, here's here's one thing I like. I don't think we give her a new a new hubby or a new boy toy. I think she's single mom and she's killing it. Yeah, you know? that's great. Like the kid loves staying with MJ. They hate staying with Peter. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know. Peter sucks. Peter would like be like Peter would have like cameras in the room and be like, we have to make sure no one takes you. Mm-hmm. you know? Like MJ is chill. MJ has given her life for this kid. Yeah, I like single mom. But she's dating, you know. Uh, but it's like it's not like the kid's got another dad. It's like she's she's got it all. She's actually she's you know, she could even say, you know, she finally feels like it's working like her life's come together and like yeah what if she's an acting teacher now and she's really good at it yeah like she teaches at a college she's great with like like what would what would what have we learned about mj in these movies that would like like what I mean what is she going to bring like why she wants to go along with Peter cuz like why does she want to go along with Peter to try to like there's a lot that we have to figure out like yeah. what does it mean to go on this journey um what but why does she want to go along with Peter she yeah cuz i guess if his thing is he's too controlling He's too meticulous and thorough. She can almost just like trust. I mean, also she's just a mom. I mean, she is this kid's mom. She wants to be there for every step of the way. That could be the thing. Um, so, she knows the kid better than he does. She's like, you don't really know Jimmy. You love Jimmy. You care about Jimmy more than anything in the world, but you don't know him. Uh, you need mm-hmm. me. And like you exemplify this in some scene. It's like, he's like, we got to check everywhere let's check the amusement park and she's like jimmy hates the amusement park he would never be there and he's i like like this and he's like what what are you talking about i love the amusement park when i was a kid she's like he's not you and it's like Mm -hmm. oh because peter's thing he's got the dad thing where he's like he's gonna be a little me and he's even thinking about jimmy jr picking up the spider-man cape He's like, maybe that's a key point is that like she finds his like mini Spider-Man outfit he's got like in his closet. And he's like, it's for when the kid's ready. And she's like, no, he's like, someone's got to keep the kitty, the city safe. And I know there's a good chance biologically that he's going to have Spider-Man powers by the time he turns 14 or whatever. And she's like, you don't want to put a kid through that, through what you've been through. And he's like. I don't know. I didn't have a choice and he might not either with these great powers come great responsibility. Boom. Dude, that's a great first act scene as they like find some of the web spray in the room. Yeah. He comes in. He's like, mommy, daddy. Like he wakes them up. He's like, I had an accident. I think he's got to be like a teenager. <laughs> be like to fit with the puberty me- metaphor. Sure. So, so they found the kid's 
but she finds a sock that's covered in whip. <laughs> it's like a sock. I mean, stuck that to the is ceiling. what the webs are. That is. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's funny to think about. Look, was it always that? It wasn't always that he could just bust. It was. They made it that. I don't Can't think Raimi. I don't think Raimi and Pascal were expecting our 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 pitch for Spider-Man Four to be so bust heavy. <laughs> <laughs> we're like we haven't figured out what any of the second act or third act is but we have figured out that the bust metaphor works in this one too and that we really need a scene and it's got to be shot very subjectively if a camera's on the ground looking up and Kirsten Dunst mm-hmm. is going to walk in and be like you're a bad boy for busting all that bust you're a very bad boy <laughs> And the audience is really going to feel that. I think that that's important for me as a filmmaker to see that. I think Raimi yeah, would agree. Yeah, yeah, you're going to... People that... <laughs> <laughs> I can't even riff. I can't even be riffing Griffin on this one. You know, it's... it's uh, <laughs> That would be a powerful clip. That would... <laughs> We we don't why do we we don't have to do the whole movie. The whole movie is just one shot of Kirsten Dunst and yelling at the camera. It's like you're a bad boy for busting so much and like people are going to line up for this thing, you know? This people are going to like, "Yes, Kirsten, I was a bad boy. I sprayed my webs all over." <laughs> uh oh, no, teenager, dude. dude, wait, but okay, sorry. We're we're getting We've my. Only got thirty item. minutes left to get this to Amy. Okay. Well, good news. I got like I use my iPhone to record video now. Um, so, Bustin Bobby, the main character's son. Bustin Bobby, their kid. So Bustin Bobby gets kidnapped, and it's off camera. We don't see this kid, and they've got to rescue Bustin Bobby. I love the idea of like a shot where like they've got to go in and like he's got to swing with her in his arms again for the first time in a long time. Like now they're pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's like an awkward, it's like the awkward drive, but it's an awkward swing. I think they give it another shot by the end. They are not, he grows. Let's see where it goes. What's her arc? Her arc is, I think she's, I, I, I just think it's gotta be coalescing arcs of like, She's got to realize, like, sometimes you can't be the easygoing. Like, maybe she's, like, more B- Bustin' Bobby's friend than the parent. Oh, she's, like, know? cool mom. They're, they're both going to two extremes because they're pissed at each other. He's helicopter dad. She's cool mom. They've got to realize it's somewhere in the middle. That's you know? great. Yeah, she's. Yeah, what if in the first act, Peter reprimands her for, like, the kid almost, like, the kid was doing fire experiments or something and like almost burned down the house. And he's like, he could have died. He could have, Bustin' Bobby could have, <laughs> Bustin' Bobby could have burnt down the whole block. <laughs> she... Or like, what if he used his webs for something? Like he he, he used his busts. <laughs> we gotta cut this out or we're not gonna get anything done. What if he uses his webs? And what, that's Peter's fear. He's, he's like, he's gonna get caught this young. Bobby's gonna get caught this young. You know, like it can't like we have to like like Peter wants the kid homeschooled. He's like he's like so pissed. He's like he would have talked to Harry about it, but he's got no friends. He's like trying to talk to Elizabeth Banks and she's like, we're not friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Okay. I, I think that makes sense. They're going to go on this journey. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, this is a very different Spider-Man. I don't know if Amy's going to go for this. Like, when I'm saying they're going on this Finding Nemo-esque journey, I think this is a very different type of Spider-Man, where it's a very New York movie. This is like Spider-Man good time. Like, they got to go into the undersea belly yeah. of New York. In this MCU-clad universe that we live in now, like, we need to go smaller. Yeah. We're going to pitch to Sony. We're like, this is like a smaller budget Spider-Man movie. You know, you're already gonna make a ton of money. Like, we're gonna do a seedier, like, little. It's it's still PG-13, but like, I think like we explore the John Wick ass. Wow, I'm just throwing out all these things. No, this like, is great. Underground of like, there's not maybe there's not big bads anymore because Spider-Man's knocked that all out. Maybe he sees that in like his control freak nature of the city where he shut down. There's no more Doc Ox and everything. There's actually a whole underground he doesn't even know about. You know, dude, I following- think it's it's literally it's like. I mean, we play, you know, we don't say this to Amy, but it's like, basically, it's like when uh, Chameleon owns the NYPD and he owns the city, he sees everything. He's got, the, the, like, and Spidey's, maybe Spidey's how playing this sort of plays into certain Spidey narratives where he's, like, giving the cops all this tech and stuff, and he's, like, spying for the cops and stuff, and it's like, Spidey's create a perfect storm. It's like... For when the good guys had it, now this bad guy's got it, and the city—he's not safe from the city he helped create. Like, he yeah, in the is, first act, he's used all this tech. He's created Big Brother. Yeah, he hasn't put on the Spidey suit in ten years. Okay, he hasn't put it on in ten years. Let's explore that because he could have put it on. Because I do think we need him to thwart Chameleon's plans in a scene in Act One, so that Chameleon's like, "I've got to get rid of Spider-Man. He is the one thing in my way." Yeah. Well, that's okay. So I was gonna get into this. Does I feel like he can chameleon by touching someone, right? Yeah. So that would create a perfect problem for Peter, where he touches Spider-Man. That's an amazing... In the first act, he touches Spider-Man and becomes Peter right in front of him. Oh. And that's why he goes to MJ freaking out. She's like, we, he's like, we have to pull Bobby out of school. You know, if he starts busting, you know, <laughs> Chameleon's going to come in. You know, Chameleon, Chameleon wants busting Bobby. <laughs> um, and so why would he take busting Bobby instead of, <laughs> why would he take busting Bustin Bobby instead of um, just, what? how does that get him what he wants, you know? He wants Spider-Man. What does he want? He wants to control the city, but like, does he want money? He wants. I mean, yeah. Does he want power? Does he want to own the world? Does he just want millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars? I think it's a very spite. Like, what if this? What if this technology isn't foolproof? Or like, how does how did the chameleon get his powers? Can you look that up? Yeah. He basically, his whole thing at first is he didn't really have any powers. He was just, he just dressed up as Spider-Man and he dressed up as other heroes. He was just good at makeup and stuff. And then, um, he, powers and abilities. He, his skin pigmentation has been surgically and mutagenically altered by a serum so that he can take on the appearance of any person at will. Um, but he also had holograms. <laughs> yeah, he hates Spider-Man from day one because, because he was his first villain. That's why he's such a good villain. Um, these Spider-Man villains I found, 
while watching Spider-Man 3, I think part of the reason those villains don't work is, like, they work really well if they're thematic, you know? So it's like Doc Ock represents going after your wants more than your needs. Mm. You know, Green Goblin represents not taking great power with great responsibility, you know? I think Chameleon needs to represent, like... What happens if you try to control everything? Uh-huh. You know, I think he's a vi- so he thinks like the problem with this city is like the bureaucracy's not working. He's like, if I can become like, uh-huh. think about this. Imagine if we were. Imagine if you could go into the White House right now and become Joe Biden, cancel student loans, then you can go become all the senators and like sign off on it one after another uh-huh. after another. You uh-huh. know. And, like, you think, like, if I could just do that, I could solve everything. I mean, low-key, you could. Uh, but you're like, if I could do that, I could solve everything. But it's like, he, so he's like a, he's a version of Peter. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's great. And so he's trying to save this city. And he gets caught in the, his, the first step of his plan, you know, is he's going to become the police chief and... Like maybe it's been running behind the scenes all along in spider like maybe before like the film opens with Spidey is on the verge of figuring it out. Like Spidey's been investigating a criminal ring and he's about to realize that it's all one guy. And maybe he does. Mm. Or maybe his like big brother system's been slowly being taken down. Yeah. You know? or, like hijacked. Like, yeah. It's being hijacked. It's not working suddenly. And he's and that would stress him out. He's like, this this is bad, you know. This is this is this is what's supposed to protect the city, and it's Chameleon. Chameleon's been going in. He's like playing like the technicians that are supposed to fix these cameras, you know. He's and the big first act scene is that he is now the chief of police. Yeah, you know, like Spidey's been like, make sure. He's like, he's got like, he's watching all the cameras now. He's like, who's doing this? Why are these getting taken down? And then he goes and he sees like one getting taken out. He swings in. He's like, what's going on? The chief's like, we got this. But he's like, Spidey, this is routine maintenance, you know? And then suddenly at some point he touches Spidey and becomes Peter Parker, you know? And then it's like, wait, what am I dealing with here? Oh, no. And you can't trust anyone. It's chaos. You know, it's the opposite of control. Is it? You know? And then if Chame- then Chameleon figures out, if I get rid of Spidey, I can have all the control. You know? And how does he lure him in? He's like, he can't fight Spidey, but he can lure him in to, to vanquish him. He's got to take the kid. Because he can you say, know. he can say, like, there's going to be a great scene where there's, like, a like three cops or whatever going up against Spidey. And Spidey's like, you guys don't understand. There's a man who can control, uh, who's, who's in charge of the police chief's body, and he's controlling things. And they're like, yeah, right, buddy. Spider-Man's gone crazy. And then they start, like, shooting. Bow, 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 bow. He's like, oh, I'm not supposed to get shot. Ow. So, okay, we're starting to hone in on this. I, I'm, I'm thinking this is coming together. This pitch is coming together so it's like once upon a time at least but yeah that's about how long we have we we in the best case world we're done in 20 so it's like the pitch i'm hearing right now is like we open on spider-man has 
been able to use his scientific powers to solve crime a new way. Uh Um, He's using technology to solve crime, and that's keeping the city safe. Dude, and you know what? You open it with you open it with he's catching a D D lister villain. Uh, you know you ca- he's catching him, put him locking him away. And you know what that D lister is? It's Michael Morbius. We recast Morbius just for this fil- just for a five minute sequence. Uh, Spider Man catches him with the power of surveillance, and boom, he's caught. We cast him. Let's let's give it to McConaughey. You know, Dallas oh, Buyers Club co star. That would the destroy one- Leto. Yeah, but he has it coming. I mean, Google Jared Leto allegations, and you'll you'll find a couple yeah. books worth of of stuff. Thirty seconds to Mars, more like 30, 30 seconds to allegations. <laughs> <laughs> Is that part of your type five? I think it was a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a good one. Well, that'll be our first piece of merch. That'll be our T-shirt. Thirty seconds to allegations. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so where I'm hearing our pitch is like film opens. Spider-Man's using technology to like he's catching villains the best he ever has. You know, he's swinging through. He catches Morbius, and there's like there's like nets, and like he like swings into an alley, and suddenly like like these cameras go like like they take pictures of Morbius. He like he like suddenly looks around. You know, they're flashing him with all this stuff. You know, and like they shoot him with nets. They capture him. He brings him into the cops, and they're like, "Another great day, Spidey." Dude, Spider-Man's got like he's got like a spider copter or something. Like there's the different vehicles he's had, and he's like he's old man Spider-Man. He's like I've automated most of the process. Process. Uh, Spider-Man's mm-hmm. like kind of relaxed. He kind of is like, oh, looks like villains going down to 41st Street. Just presses coordinates, goes over there. He's like, oh, got him. He's like sipping his coffee, like webs him like from above. <laughs> and then Act Two, he loses all that, and he's got to go back to back to basic Spider-Man hijinks. You know, how does he lose all of that? Because he can't use the spider cop. He loses access to his, his surveillance systems that he's been using because Chameleon owns the city and owns the surveillance systems. And he can't do the spider copter because he's got to be on the low this whole movie. This is a stealth movie. Um, he mm-hmm. and Mary Jane are on the run. You can't trust anyone. You can't be too visible. He has got to yeah. do back to basics. Like we And we haven't had a good stealth Spider-Man scene. That's like one of those great Spider-Man things is like he's a stealth yeah. character like Batman. Like he's creeping in the shadows. He's got to be really quiet, you know, like a video game sequence. Like he's got to be really quiet. And the, co- the, you know, the crook's like, wait, what was that? I thought I heard something. And he's like mm-hmm. st- sneaking around. You do s- great sequence like that in Act 2. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, it's a bit of a repeat. Like, what if the in the opening, like, what if the actual first nefarious act of the chameleon is he appears as Spider-Man and, like, kills the mayor or something? Like, he becomes a menace again. Yeah. You know? It's it's that classic Spider-Man thing of, like... That's great. He's now a menace. The city hates him. He has no access to the technology now from a multiple of factors. His kid's just been stolen. He has no one he can turn to. You know, oh, and we can bring Aunt May back in the second act. Like him and MJ have to go to Aunt May for advice on something. You know, like it's and like they visit her in the nursing home or something. And they do like a deep fake or something. I said, oh, like I had some idea other than like Aunt May is going to give some great advice. She's going to be like, she's going to say, with great power comes great responsibility or something. There's a hero in all of us. You're not Superman. Um. (laughs) <laughs> Chameleon is the boy that was at the garage sale. 
He's so disappointed in Peter. Dude, that lines up. It's Jesse Plemons' age. I don't think it's yeah. quite. I think it's a little off, but dude, that that was young Plemons. He's a young. It Plem. was young Plem. We're talking Plem. <laughs> talking some fresh Plems right here. Fresh Plemons with Chris Hardwick. This is the after Spider-Man talk show. Talking Plem. Um, but talk about allegations. Um, yeah. Uh, so Plemons is Plemons is Camille. Yeah, this is good. Yes, yeah, are we going to give the kid a sp- an arc? Do we have to work out? Do we have to work out Bobby's arc? The kid is going to learn. The kid's eleven. The kid is dawn of. The kid has just hit that that angst phase. It's like the mm-hmm. switch. They're like, oh, he's you know, MJ's like, yeah, he's just starting to hit that when when Peter picks him up for for hangout time, and the kid just like walks past him, doesn't even say, hey, dad, and she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this he started it it's starting or she says it's starting dude i can totally hear tobes he's like hey champ and we can just walks like, past don't have the kids say a line one less thing to be cringe AirPods, in, airpods you know. for sure dude he's got beats pro max or airpod he's got the airpods max the, the ones whoever, that go over your whoever head. amy's gonna love this we'll be like whatever headphone company will give us the most money sony makes headphones sony <laughs> makes oh, headphones you can't have sony we're like but you can't make them sony headphones dude spider-man no still uses a sony ericsson spider-man was a sony ericsson guy forever <laughs> He will always be using that Sony Mega Ultra Plus phone XDR. Um, and he uses okay. Bing to research. Remember, he always uses Bing to research. He always uses Bing, as we all do. You know? He does. Uh, I still have a Yahoo email. You know. You do. So. In some ways, you are Spider-Man. Um, okay. So, yeah, nothing safe. Spidey. Yeah, kid arc. Kid arc. Um, the kid has got to learn to trust the kid doesn't trust anyone and it gets him so far and then i don't know i'm just riffing uh the kid has got to learn to trust yeah, his yeah. dad uh the kid's got to learn the kid is going to learn you know at the end of the day the kid the kid the kids don't try to be a super villain how about that what if like this kid is like low-key school shooter vibes like we're talking real Ezra Miller ass. Like we need yeah, to talk he's about like Kevin. Using the, he's using his busts for bad. Yeah, <laughs> he's got some bad busts. Some bad busts. <laughs> bad bus Bobby. <laughs> bad bus Bobby. <laughs> bad bus Bobby is on the track to be a supervillain, and you know MJ is like saying to Peter's like, "You've got to give him space. You, you keep doing this, he's gonna be more Doc Ock than Spider Man." And he's like, "Don't even mention MJ Doc Ock. Don't even <laughs> mention Doc Ock." from the second movie and she's like i'm sorry i know that's a big deal for you because you liked him or something um but he's on he's like kind of kylo ren vibes he's like kind of kind of incel and uh he's gonna learn he's gonna see in himself he's gonna see the chameleon he's gonna get a good one-on-one scene with a chameleon one or two good just like conversation scenes with chameleon's like listen kid you tell me how to Mm -hmm where your father is right now and you can have everything i'm gonna be king of the world in a few days and you can have whatever you want and he's he learns to be a good guy the kid learns the kid learns more the kid lo- has his morals solidified he learns not to be jaded or cynical well, let but me to get be into true let me get into screenwriter mode here the chameleon is someone that can become anyone but what if like he wants to control the city because like he's 
I think he was done wrong by this technology. Yes. I think, you know, he's he could have been a good kid. This isn't the there this isn't Bustin Bobby. This is the chameleon as a this kid. This chameleon as a kid. He Don't could have been a good kid, but he got done wrong by the system. And basically the crux of him, his shadow, is that he's never been seen. You know, he's not, people don't see him for who he really is. They see him as like, maybe he's got like a deformity or something. Yeah, we give him a deform. It's like he, people, like he's got a scar across his face. So people always thought he was bad. What if it's just really really annoying? Because I was reading about his bio. He was really into like doing impersonations and stuff. He's like kind of a theater kid. What if he's just abrasive? What if it's not a deformity? What if he's just like off-putting? Like certain people we know. Everyone, people just don't like him. He's an annoying theater kid. And so I think like we could create the... The B story here is that Bustin Bobby is the first person to really see him. Like they're both kind of like bad apple. You know, they 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 act like one of the key linchpin moments is like he Bustin Bobby's able to reach him, you know, right before the third act. You know, like that that's like it they didn't Bustin' Bobby's, I think we should do something along the lines of, like, Bustin' Bobby's able to save himself a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, the parents obviously come in clutch at a very key moment, but, like... Bustin' Bobby, Bustin' Bobby maybe is able to help Chameleon realize that this is his opportunity. Bustin' Bobby's like, listen, you control everything. You could... Excuse me. Edit that out. Um, Never. I'm screenshotting it, so you have to edit it out. Absolutely not. Dude, the audience won't like it. Um, They won't like you. They won't like it. They won't want to listen to the next episode because they know we'll be on the next one. Unless you, <laughs> you can't fire me. It's my idea. I'll fire you. Um, Bustin' Bobby is like, my dad will do anything for me. And you control the courts. You can get out you can basically he points out that chameleon could get out of this scot-free chameleon like spider-man will spare his life and chameleon could exonerate himself um and then let everything go back to normal and basically it's like it's like a blip like it's like the system the system moves on and he's clean he gets to go to an island and no one ever catches him and spider-man will never and he it's like you just gotta like be good and the chameleon's faced with this choice to like be good, and chameleon ultimately turns it down in pursuit of power and revenge and evil or whatever. And um, but Bustin' Bobby chooses not to bust. Bustin' Bobby takes the good path because bust because the chameleon's gonna give Bustin' Bobby an option. Bust chameleon's like, you can be king of the world. You, I will make you Vladimir Putin. Uh, you just have to give me Spider-Man's. You just have to betray your father, who you don't so even he, like. Did he kidnap Bobby because he, like, as bait? Or as, oh. like, an apprentice? No, no, no. It's it's bait. But then he sees potential, because he realizes Bus and Bobby's got, he's got those powers. Yeah. Bus and Bobby, that, Bus and Bobby busts. And Vladimir is like, oh, Bustin' Bobby Jr., a little Spider-Man Jr. here, huh? Yeah, what if Spider-Man's kid starts working with Bobby? Like, like someone, someone's, I don't know who, Harry Osborn's butler, <laughs> someone that's another hero. Like, someone's about to, like, about to stop the chameleon. It can't be Peter or MJ. And, like, Bobby helps chameleon. 
you know, like he's got some. Um, he's like, he's no! got some, and like saves the day, like in uh, Avatar three or Avatar two. Um, yeah, Captain Stacy, Captain Stacy comes in, and that's how um, Captain Stacy and the police come in and raid it. Uh, Bust and Bobby say, saves him for some reason because he's like, we don't. Spider Man doesn't kill me because because you know it's right after what you do is you have chameleon tell his story and how he's been fucked by the system and part of that system was spider-man spider-man is spider-man is the arm of the law that fucked him um and uh like he was like collateral damage and like a large-scale arrest he was like 17 had to go to juvie got transferred to regular prison got chewed up by the system and he blames spider-man bust and bobby hears the story and he's like, oh, that's really fucked up. I hate my dad, too. Like, I empathize with you. And then Captain Stacy and the NYPD burst through the doors, guns ablaze, and blah, blah, blah. And then Captain Stacy's got a gun to to Chameleon's head, and he's like, this one's for the system. And then Bustin' Bobby's like, no, I hate my dad, too. And he stops Captain Stacy's gun from firing and goes and explodes in his hand and Captain Stacy's hand is blown up like in Civil War comic that I read. And um, then Chameleon snaps his neck. And now one Bustin' Bobby is crossed the line. He's now he's now firmly got a foot in the dark side. And two Chameleon has got Captain Stacy's body, which means he could impersonate him. Because yeah, that's the rule of this film is that Chameleon has to touch to do it and then he does like a Cronenberg CG effect it's like <laughs> he can't just look at someone and impersonate them he has to touch them yeah I mean maybe that's so like they see each other like yeah. maybe Bobby hasn't really been seen by either of his parents like MJ lets him do whatever she wants yeah. she just wants to be different from Peter Peter's a helicopter dad but Bobby just wants to be seen yeah he and Chameleon's like a little fucking freak yeah you know Jesse Plemons freak He's he's immature and he's like able to see him. He's able to like connect with him, and they're kind of working together. And in the end, in the climax, like Bobby's got to rebel. Cause I here's what I think. I think Chameleon's overall plan is he's like he can't actually. He wants to get rid of all of this control. I know this is going against the arc I set up. No, keep going. I keep think going. He's like we have to use Peter's like big brother system against itself like it's got to start attacking civilians so they're like we don't want this anymore you know that's the big bad plan in the end it's like all of these like little drones and stuff all these little cameras he's gonna turn them against civilians yeah you know great great and that's what and then suddenly bobby's like wait I don't like this yeah you know I don't want to kill people I just want to make my dad mad you know, and suddenly they're all working together and they got to stop the chameleon, Is it? you know, but he just wants to do all of this because he was wrongly in prison. Like Peter's got to realize you can't control everything, you know, or else you could you can hurt people, you know, like he, he's using this. To, it's secretly an anti big brother movie. Yeah, it's, it's about like, like you can't become the system. Don't. Don't you can't yeah, that's what I think at the end, Peter it's it's like the Dark Knight where the Dark Knight utilizes the Big Brother system in the end. But yeah, it's like he he uh dismantles it. He's like, I created this system, we it it's too powerful. It's like, you know, emergency powers. Yeah, you, know, you can't have them. Um Yeah. And he's and oh my god, that's the end of the movie, is like he's gotten rid of all of this. He's finally got his night with Bobby. 
and then suddenly he hears a call on the radio. It's like, we got, blah, 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 blah. and then he's like, he's willing to leave Bobby home alone. Is it he that? Says, I trust you. Or is it that he's going to pass it on to the next generation? Is it that, I mean, is it that like, he's like, I've got this. I don't think he's letting his 13 year old kid like go fight crime. How old is Miles Morales in uh, the Spider-Verse? That kid was, it was a junior Spidey. We, we we love it when kids do fucked up Okay, shit. what about, you'll like this. He's like, you gotta stay home. I'm sorry. Spider-Man swings out. We think that's the end of the movie. He, the kid's watching from the window like MJ in Spider-Man 2. And then the radio keeps going. There's another crime in another part of the city. But dad's gone. And then the kid puts on his Spider-Man costume and swings out the other direction. That's good. Know? That's good. Yeah, yeah, it could work. I like that. I do like the play, playing with the classic spider-man 2 finishing shot that's a good idea that's a very good idea it's like what's mj's thing here how does that because like we've we've got a we've got a spider-man jr that's great i think and like it's a real 11 year old but it's an angsty 11 year old it's like Mm -hmm. we've seen the you know we've iron man 3 we've seen the the plucky kid but this like we need a real angsty i think we're doing a good job of avoiding uh, a problem that a lot of these have, like we don't want to do a Mutt Williams from Sp- Indiana Jones Four, no. where like we try to make him cool. No, we don't want to do a like, yeah, we're we're uh, Kylo Ren is smart, where it's like make him kind of annoying. Make yeah, him, but like, like we little... do, it hasn't really been done in in these blockbusters where it's like when it actually happens, which is like when you're eleven. It's like this kid is uh, this kid is very preteen cusp. And uh, mm-hmm. is just introduced to the concept of like being a real prick, which is what I was when I was eleven. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, what if he? What's Mary Jane's deal throughout all this? Like in the in the climax, the climax they've got to go up against. You know, Peter's got to disable the system, and um, I think Peter's like largely hacking. He's doing computer stuff. He's got to like he's got to go into the central mainframe. At the NYPD server I think house. he's fighting, and I think he's... I think MJ's got to go do the hacking, and he's, like, trying to talk to... Like, he's trying to, like, talk her through... Basically, uh-huh. here's what... I don't... All those details, that's what we figure out after Amy buys the pitch. Okay. We're talking We're talking broad strokes here. Sure, sure, sure. Here's what I think. If MJ's whole arc is realizing, like, she's, she's basically the chaotic parent, but she's realizing, like, sometimes you got to be a helicopter parent, but at the very end, Peter's, like, MJ... We need K. Like the only way the big bro- she can shut down the big brother thing is she- he's like start hitting all the buttons, and she she's chaos, you know, and she turns all of the drones against each other. They start instead of flying into crowds and killing people, they fly into each other, you know, because um, this isn't great, but it could be it could lead to. Do you get what, what I'm going she with? Has this? to it's like. MJ, you got to make consistent sound and press buttons consistently for a duration. Like for just, you just got to keep making noise and push, pushing buttons. And she realizes what she has to do is she gets, she stands on top of the terminal with all the buttons and she starts singing a song from one of the musicals she was in in one of these Spider-Man movies. She's like, that's love, that's love. And she starts tap dancing away on these buttons. It's like, boop, 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 And it's very, you know, Raimi would have have a blast with that sequence. You know, that's money. That's, <laughs> Raimi would love that. After after the music Dude, note the fight. the audience would love this. The audience will love it. She's got to do, she has to use her acting to win. 
Um, well, that makes actually MJ's, we haven't utilized that against Chameleon. Yeah, MJ's the ultimate Chameleon. She is gonna deceive Chameleon. That's great. That is actually great. The killing blow is something she deceives him. He fall, and that's great because you have Plemons playing Chameleon, and like the love that he's gonna feel for her, the him falling for her, and that scene where she deceives him. That's real because Plemons really loves Kirsten. Kirsten, Kirsten, maybe. Maybe that's oh, money. Yeah. No, that's oh, in real life. You mean? I thought you meant Chameleon's gonna have a thing for no, I, but I think that she's much. gonna deceive him. And I think there's a little bit of dude. What if in the climax? Yeah, what if in the climax it's like busting Bobby's? I don't know. He's like he started to shut it down, and like we're in the like it's like it's either gonna like Chameleon's figured out his way that like his plan might. It's like 50 50 now, like like. Bustin Bobby turned it from 100% to 50%, right? You know this kind of classic thing. Yeah, and yeah. now, like, now MJ and Peter have come in, and Spider-Man comes in. He's immediately captured by, like, Chameleon's using the Big Brother stuff. Like, he's captured. He's, like, given his big, he's given his big Dude, villain his back speech. Gives out. We got to play up that Spider-Man's got back problems. Well, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Yeah. Let me keep going with this. He, he Spidey is captured. Hand- both hands, both legs are tied up by this Big Brother stuff because Chameleon's using it against him now, you know. And he's like, he's monologuing. He's monologuing to Spidey. Spidey's playing along, you know. And then suddenly, the devices start to fail. And Chameleon's like, what's going on? And then he goes to rip the mask off Spidey, and it's MJ. And she's been performing as Spidey with like a voice modification thing that 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 Peter gave her. And Peter the whole time was hacking. He was hacking. He was he was up in the computer room. And then like they just have to have a final fist fight kind of thing, you know. That almost works. How do you do that though? Because you know Kirsten and 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 Pete. You know she's she's looking good, but she's look. You know she's she is curvy these in this day and age. Like it's in a leotard Spider Man style. She's gonna have a different figure than uh 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 Toby. And uh, again, she looks good. Like in a heartbeat for sure for me. But you know like what uh what? I'm it, glad we cleared that up. I'm glad we just. I just want to make it sh- make it clear <laughs> that I'm not. If a, Kirsten's listening to this. She was. She's getting Kirsten, worried. You got a shot. If, if Jesse's ever uh, she, she heard you were some hot <laughs> juvie bait. You know, she heard she heard about your hot juvie past. You know, it's uh, Clemens isn't quite doing it. He was just a fake bad guy on Breaking Bad. Um, not like this one. Um, yeah, we're the first podcast with a real criminal. <laughs> Um, Talk about true crime. This is truth coming from the crime. Dude, this is true. We'll, we'll keep alluding to this, and then one day we'll explain, but not we'll until episode 50. We'll explain. Yeah. Episode it's... 50, we'll explain. Maybe maybe uh, uh, Chameleon She's has wearing... hologram powers, and it's not uh, it's not genetic. It's not an, an errant thing. It's a technology he has. Yeah, I just think, you know, this, this is in the Peter. weeds. He hacked Peter's facial recognition technology and hologram technology and used it to create disguise technology that only he knows how to make. And she stole that technology and she uses that to make herself look like Spider-Man. Who cares? It's fine. Maybe she just only, you only see the head. And she's just like, I think, I'm okay. Peter Parker. I think we are at the point. Time has run out. I'm looking at the clock. I think we got the pitch. We have to go pitch to Amy. I think Amy's okay. ready. So... We've entered the room. We sit down. Amy says, boys. She says, I'm Amy. What's up, boys? <laughs> okay. So I'd say, um, all right. 
this is what we've got. We open on a world where Peter has solved crime using his scientific mind. He has built a complete mechanism for the entire city using drones, cameras, robots. It's really cool. You're going to be able to sell all these toys. They are stopping crime. He's most he's almost there as like a mascot. He's up in his Spidey copter, you know, he does some small things, but like he's mostly he's got this city under his thumb. He is not only that, sorry. He has automated the process of being Spider-Man over the last 20 years. He is in collaboration with state and city governments. He has got it under control. Totally. That's where that's where he's at with crime. Where's he at in his personal life? Him and MJ are sadly separated, but they've got a kid named Bobby that they both love. They have shared custody. They have different parenting styles. MJ, cool mom, just says, like, let the kid be the kid. Peter, helicopter dad. He's like, we have to protect this kid because here's the secret, Amy. Bobby has spider powers, too. You know, there's uh, he's spraying webs in a way that... uh, no, it's too different for Peter himself did when he was yeah. a young man. Bobby's only 11, though, and Bobby's just starting to hit that rebellious phase. He's, and Peter, Peter's already got a little suit made for him. MJ finds that suit, and she's like, you are not going to put him through that. And he's like, when he's ready. And she's like, he's not going to be ready. You are not going to put him through hell like that. Boys, who's the villain? Well, Amy, we've got a pitch for you. And it's in it's may not be Spidey's most famous villain, but it's certainly his first villain. And it's a classic. And we know Sam's gonna love him because it's the chameleon, the classic Spider-Man villain from issue number one. And the chameleon's out here, and he has got the whole city under his thumb because he is control of the NYPD. He has taken the identity of Captain Stacy of to NYPD. He runs this thing, and therefore he controls Peter's whole apparatus that he's created to control the city and keep it safe. So now, what's going to happen, Max? The break in it too, it's he's hitting Spidey where it hurts. In the first act, the way that he's able to become people is by touching them. He touches Spider-Man in the first act and discovers that it's Peter Parker. He uses this knowledge to go take Peter's kid out of school and steal Bobby. Suddenly, Peter and MJ must reconcile their differences and work together to go get the kid back. Because he impersonated Peter to kill the police chief, the city hates Peter, and now they must go on an underground mission through the dark, seedy parts of New York City to get their kid back and rescue him from the chameleon before the chameleon turns the entire Big Brother apparatus against the city to kill civilians and make them completely turn against everything Peter's built in his entire life. Basically, Peter's, oh, let's keep going. Peter's fighting for his lovely, livelihood. He's fighting for his child. He's fighting to reconcile things with the love of his life. You know, everything. This is the most dramatic Spider Man possible. Everything's on the line. Basically, Peter, before he had automated being Spider-Man for the last 20 years, he's got a spider copter and everything, and now he's going to have to go back to basics, real old-school Spider-Man stuff. But he's not the Peter Parker he once was. You know, he's in his 40s, his back hurts. Remember his back? You know, Spider-Man 2, he hurt his back. And it's just not, not going to be easy for him. 
So it's up to him. It's up to MJ, who's got to use her acting prowess to deceive Chameleon. You know, who is the greatest showman? That's what will be answered in Spider-Man 4. It raises the big question, like, how do you fight in a world where you can't trust anyone? You can't trust you know? anyone. Do you, try to, do you try to fight through control? Do you try to fight through chaos? Or maybe, Bobby's got the answer, you fight through actually trying to see the person. Busting. I mean, <laughs> try to see the person. All right. Okay, what so... What do you think, um, Amy? You've done it again, boys! <laughs> this is the best Spider-Man we'll ever have! I'm just gonna show it to Sam! Here, let me hand it to Sam. Raimi! Not you, All Sam. Right. And then, so I'm, sa- now I'm saying Raimi. Um, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I think we can do it. Um, I, uh, I, I, I think this will be good. This will be the, my best work since Ash versus Evil Dead. And that's the scene. They Boom. sign off on it. I love this. Okay, so now, now that we're out of the scene, yeah, I think it's definitely better than Spider-Man Three. Definitely better that than I'll Spider-Man say. Three. That is, yeah, it's, absolutely, no doubt. It's, I think, you know, we've got we we still had a lot to figure out with like the chameleon was the move though. Yeah, I like Chameleon. Yeah, I think we did we did better than expected on this. You know, it, it, it had some it had some twists and turns, you know. And you know, like we, we we went down some paths and we canceled them out, and we we figured out, we worked it out. And that's the writing process, and that's what this show is all going to be about, viewer, is the writing process. You know, you got to hash things out. You know, the best writing in my experience, the best shit gets done when you are bouncing ideas around in a Sometimes room. Sometimes you gotta bust it out. You just gotta bust it out, Bustin' Bobby. And Bustin' Bobby will return. We are, we Don't worry, Bustin' Bobby's not We're just a character in Spider-Man 4. We will bring back Bustin' Bobby in many sequels. <laughs> I think Bustin' Bobby could be the first like legacy soup like hero child character that audiences like because most comic fans can relate relate to like just the need the bust <laughs> and so he can't even he's, he can't even control his busting he just keeps busting and Kristen Dunst like you're a bad boy busting Bobby you gotta stop busting all over whatever we're you're... like Amy we've already got some lines written <laughs> We're going to have MJ. Look, all we have on the script is MJ at some point saying, You're a bad boy, busted Bobby. <laughs> it's and got alliteration. We're great writers. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, if you guys, I know you guys already did three Tom Hall and Spider Man. So if you're thinking about calling the fourth one Spider Man 4, and I get it. Like, I wouldn't want to come up with another stupid. You don't want the home trilogy. Now you got to come up with a new thing. And if you just call it Spider Man 4, that's fine. We could call this Spider Man Bustin' Bobby Jr. And that's a good title. <laughs> All right. Well, I think there is no better place than there to leave it. Um, this has been the debut episode of Podcast 2, the sequel. The sequel. I'm Max. This is Sam. I'm Sam. Um, you can find us on all of the socials, um, Twitter, Instagram. You know, um, Please subscribe to the podcast. We really want to like keep this going. This is fun to us. I hope it's fun to you. And um, yeah, if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, please let us know. What sequels you'd like to explore? We are ready and willing to listen to anything and talk about anything, you know? And uh, here's, you know, just to sign off, I'll just say, dear listener, I hope that tomorrow is an even better sequel to today. Have a good night.